Live online and man, what a privilege to share God's word with you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And uh, we're now in part four of our journey through the book of Daniel, what we've dubbed our pandemic survival kit. And our goal this morning is to put four tools in your hands that we hope will serve you during the current crisis that our nation, our world is going through, but also beyond that, because truth lasts when we receive it and believe it. And uh, my mandate this morning is really to deliver scripture to you. And uh, I'm excited about that. We're in chapter four and uh, there's a lot of scripture to get through. And uh, I have a sense that God wants to speak to each one of us about where we are at right now. Um, globally, but also at a national level and also at a personal level. When we decided to go through the book of Daniel at this time, we trusted that, that it would be helpful as we go through this interesting season together. But man, I've been blown away by its relevance to us. And so I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to strike truth home in every heart as we go through Scripture. And as much as I can, let Scripture speak for itself and um, comment as much as I, I think is helpful. God, we want to thank you for the power of your word. We ask that as it goes out now, that we would be able to receive it with hearts full of faith, that it would land in good soil and bear fruit to the glory of your name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, Daniel chapter 4. King Nebuchadnezzar, he's writing a letter, this is pretty cool, to the peoples, nations, and men of every language who live in all the world. May you prosper greatly. It's my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are His signs, how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. We saw that in Daniel chapter 2. His dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented, and prosperous. That describes much of the world prior to COVID-19 hitting, doesn't it? Contented and prosperous. We can travel where I want, can spend time with my friends. We're free agents, captains of our own ships. That changed for Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar says, I had a dream that, that made me afraid. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. And uh, he goes on, he describes this dream. It's a dream, a dream about a tree in the middle of a plain. It's a massive tree. It's uh, providing great security and services and safety. And then uh, an angel comes and says, that tree's got to be cut down. And the tree is cut down in the dream. And the only thing that's left is the stump. Very interesting dream. And Nebuchadnezzar calls, as usual, his astrologers and wise men says, what does this mean? And they, they can't tell him. So as you'd expect, if you've been tracking with this Daniel series, he calls Daniel. And in verse 18, we pick up the rest of the story. It's, he's, Nebuchadnezzar says, this is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now, Belteshazzar, that was Daniel's other name. Tell me what it means. For none of the wise men in my kingdom can interpret it for me. But you can, because the spirit of the holy God is in you. As we go to verse 19, I want us to watch Daniel's heart for Nebuchadnezzar. Watch Daniel's heart for the guy who a couple of chapters ago wouldn't have hesitated to have him chop, chopped up 
into little pieces and his house turned into a pile of rubble. Check out Daniel's heart. Verse 19, Then Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belteshazzar, don't let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. You see, Daniel's got some difficult truth to speak. And he still has a heart of love for Nebuchadnezzar. And that's tool number one for this morning. Is we need to be people who learn to speak the truth, but in love. It's what Daniel does here. It's not an easy thing he's about to deliver. And there's a lot of information nowadays on the internet. This is happening. That's happening. Social media. Lots of information. Not a whole lot of truth. And even less love. And Daniel here, he speaks the truth in love. He says, The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruits, providing food for all, giving shelter to the beasts of the field, and having nesting places in its branches for the birds of the air. You, O king, are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. This kind of goes back to Daniel chapter 2. O king, you are that head of gold. <laughs> Let me speak the truth in love for a moment. In many ways, Nebuchadnezzar and that tree represent a world system on planet Earth, alive and well today, that you and I participate in. It's this world system, and yes, there are superpowers within it and so on, but there's a world system made up of enormous economies and enormous armies and space exploration and technological advance. Fills the Earth, very important, very impressive, provides lots of blessing. But look what happens to it. You, O king, verse 23, saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven, saying, cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump bound with iron and bronze in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him, that's the king, be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live like the animals until seven times pass by for him. Here's what it means, O king. And this is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord, the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with wild animals. You'll eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Isn't God a God of grace? Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Tool number one, speak the truth in love. Tool number two, you've got to change the way that you think. 
that's what Daniel was saying to Nebuchadnezzar. He was saying, you need to renounce your sins. Michael Eaton talks about this Christian word repentance. And he says, repentance is being forced to rethink our entire attitude to life. And friends, that's one of the things God is calling you and I to today. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying, because at this time, there's lots of theories about, wow, um, this COVID-19, it's judgment on this particular group of people or for this particular sin. I do believe that our sin has contributed to this mess, but I'm hesitant to label any one particular group of people or any one particular sin, just because there's so much sin affecting all people on planet Earth. I wouldn't even know where to start. But I do do know this, God calls us, God challenges us, and God is challenging us now, followers of Jesus and not yet followers of Jesus, to change the way that we think about pretty much everything. The Bible's calling us to repent. We ask the Holy Spirit, what sin do you see in me? And help me to change from the inside out. My friend Andrew Wilson, he describes repentance like this. He says it's like someone who um, is driving and he turns and he ends up driving the wrong way down a one-way street. And uh, as you're driving, you see a huge truck coming towards you. And uh, just talking about what repentance is and isn't, Andrew says that it's not enough to mouth the word sorry and keep on driving towards the truck. It's not even enough to feel bad inside you that you're driving in the wrong direction, but keep on driving towards the truck. What you need to do if you're driving the wrong way down a one-way street towards a massive truck headed for a head-on collision is you need, to cha- you need to turn around. You need to change the way you think. You need to do a U-turn. It's not just about saying sorry to God. It's not just about feeling bad for the way we are, things we've done. It's about running away from everything that we know is wrong, but more importantly, running towards a God who's waiting for us with loving, open arms. And one way of doing that, Daniel says, is Nebuchadnezzar, you've got to be kind to be the oppressed. And at this time of COVID-19, that's an opportunity to allow God to turn our hearts towards the oppressed. Verse 28, the story continues. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later. As the king was walking, picture it, on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And I've uh, studied Babylon a tiny bit, and man, it was an impressive place. It had the hanging gardens of Babylon, apparently built for Nebuchadnezzar's wife, so she wouldn't uh, miss the foreign country that she came from. It had these massive walls and beautiful bridges and this river. It was just absolutely stunning. And Nebuchadnezzar, he's viewing all this from his palace roof. And he said, is not this the great Babylon that I have built by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. It's a very interesting scripture. Michael Eaton, Bible scholar, used to live in Nairobi before he went to be with Jesus. He talks about how these verses we've just read are pretty much the exact opposite of Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through to 36. You can turn there if you're quick and have got your Bibles, but I'll just read it out to us and uh, it'll be up on the screen. 11 verse 33, this is the way that our lives should be. 
Verse 36 is just what I'll read. Paul is worshiping God and he says, for from him, God, and through him, God, and to him are all things. To God be the glory forever. Amen. What Nebuchadnezzar seems to be saying here is actually from me is this great city. I'm the one who planned it. And this city, it's, it's, it's through me. I'm the one who, who, who built it and who keeps it functioning. And um, this city, it's, it's actually for me. It's for my glory. To me be the glory forever. A recipe for disaster, friends. The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You'll be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You'll eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people. He ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of, the, of a bird. At that time, I, back to Nebuchadnezzar talking, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, hey, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater before than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those, this is important, gonna get our two last application points out of this. And those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Hasn't this been a time of God humbling the planet? Who'd have thought that such powerful economies could be brought to their knees? Who'd have thought that nations that were once so crisscrossing, so without with impunity, could be scattered just like that? It's been a humbling time for us. And the Bible's big on humility, like stories, like stories like this. The Bible's also big on pride. In fact, Peter, one of the people who walked closer, perhaps with Jesus, than anyone else, he says this in a letter he wrote, 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 6, says, God, listen to this, I want you to catch this. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Friends, I do believe that this is God's word, even God's prophetic word out of scripture, challenging this generation, challenging me and challenging you. Are we willing to admit our pride? 
Tool number three is, friends, we need to humble ourselves before God. Times like this remind us of our need for God. The Bible says that uh, Jesus is a great example for you and I. The Bible says that our attitude should be as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, as we spoke about on Easter weekend. Because of that, You see the pattern, God exalted him to the highest place and has given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That's African knees, Asian knees, American knees, European knees. Disease will bow to the name of Jesus. We need to humble ourselves, friends, in this season. And lastly, number four, we need to receive God's grace. God had every right to wipe out Nebuchadnezzar, not even leaving a stump of that tree, but God is a God of grace. He's always giving us a way back to him. And we can receive God's grace, even at this season of, wow. (laughs) Words fail to describe this season. But you know, no matter what we're going through, God always wants to extend his grace to us. I want to close by reminding us of the story of a man called Joseph in the Bible. He went through so much. If you're going through tough times now, I'd encourage you alongside Daniel to read the story of Joseph. It's from Genesis about 37 to 50. But man, everything that he goes through, affecting his family, affecting his nation, famine that would, for those days and times, have been very similar to, in its effects to the, the COVID virus. Just people losing their jobs, lives being impacted. And at the end of it all, Joseph says this, he says uh, to his brothers who were part of the problem, a big part of the problem, he says, you intended it for harm. Some translations say you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good and to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And friends, at this time when God is doing so much, man, if we can learn to speak the truth in love, if we can learn to humble ourselves before God, if we can learn to repent of our sins, there's grace that he wants to give us and turn even this situation, so evil in so many ways, turn it for your good, my good, our good, for the saving of many lives. Let's trust him for that in this season. Discussion questions will be up on the screen, but let's come before God even as we talk. Let's be repentant in our hearts and prayerful in our dependence on him.